0: We didn't want to stand for the one percent we wanted to stand for the ninety nine percent of people and um while the the company isn't a thing anymore and while we're deal, dealing with the stuff that comes with closing down, I think that's like that journey the last two years have been defining moments in each of our lives because we've mm. we've changed a ton of lives we've 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 launched people's personal brands we've We've launched people's products, we've, we've done these amazing things that we were told that we couldn't.
1: This is about humans dreaming together.
0: About humans supporting each other on our journeys.
1: It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual
2: and want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. My fellow dreamers, what's going on? Everybody, I have to apologize. I have not released episodes for over two weeks now, and it's been hard because I have been living the dream. I have been traveling all across the U.S. on Charlie Rockets Dream Machine Tour and I've really just been trying to be present with where I am sometimes it feels like you need to just get off the screens get off social media and just be in the world and be with people and so that's what I've been doing and I've been piling up amazing stories that I cannot wait to share with you because I'm learning so much and i just i i'm a student of life i learn from the world and that's what i'm doing and i'm so excited to share all those lessons with you but today i have an interview that i did right before i went on tour with izzy lugo and izzy is an incredible human being i don't even really want to give away a lot of his story but you know a classic underdog story and he, he made it he did this world of entrepreneurship And his story is so relatable because Izzy's all about, as it said in the opening quote, the 99%, the people who are just like you and me who are out there trying to get it. And while COVID actually took down the amazing company that they were building out in Milwaukee, Izzy is on to his next venture. And he really showcases the power of failure not being a thing. You know, one thing was created... And it ended because of a pandemic. And the collateral beauty in all of it is that he learned so much and now he's doing something else that he loves to do. And so I'm really excited for you to learn a lot from Izzy. Um, Learn how to embrace the strange in you and learn how to be a better entrepreneur, a better creator, and a better person. Because this conversation for sure made me a better person. So I appreciate you, Izzy. And everyone dreamers really soak this one in, enjoy it. And I'll see you on the other side.
3: All right. What's going on? My fellow students of life, dream chasers, entrepreneurs out there, people looking to do big things. We are very excited today. We got Izzy Lugo on the show to come talk to us about all things life. Izzy, how you doing, man?
0: What's going on? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely,
3: bro. We uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing your your wisdom with us, my man. So um, I'm
0: also I'm also sharing my uh, pumpkin k- cream cold brew that I picked <laughs> up this morning. So I'm massively excited to get going.
3: <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Well, I like to have you know the guests kind of intro themselves because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't think I do it justice. Um, so my first question is just who is Izzy Lugo?
0: It's a good question, man. I think it's uh, it's a question that I answer differently every time, which is probably bad in regards to consistency. But
4: um,
0: <laughs> I think that's the that's the reality of life. At the end of the day, like we're we're as human beings, we're constantly changing and constantly finding new passions and mm. um, being thrown into situations that we can come out of and say, I, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing anymore. So. I think right now, Izzy Lugo um, is different than Izzy Lugo pre-COVID, right? And I think everybody's the same way. So um, who is Izzy Lugo? I'm a massive sneakerhead. Um, I'm looking at the floor right now because I, yesterday was content day and I have shoes just everywhere and it's giving me anxiety, but massive <laughs> sneakerhead, um, entrepreneur. I, I, built, uh, I built a company with a few buddies, Q, Eric, and Brema. Uh, covid killed it which sucks but we're in a situation that we the four of us have way more impact as individuals and then have the luxury of coming together as individuals to do dope shit oh mm. crap oh, can i swear
3: oh go yeah bro you're good oh, Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Um,
0: so <laughs> we we um yeah we're we decided um, post covid we Basically the, the DNC we're leaning really heavy on. Um, obviously went virtual. Uh, we were the preferred content team of the DNC. So we're gonna make a crap ton of money this summer. Literally gonna be like define our futures type of money. And literally overnight it was gone. And um, like uh, crap, like what do we do? Everybody's marketing budget has been slashed. Um, we went from being paid um a decent amount of money for a video to being paid like, or offered like 5% of that. And uh, we made a conscious decision of, hey, after COVID, like we realized like, okay, we all have different passions. We, this is the, if we're going to shut her down, this is the time to do it. Mm. And um, now we're just, each of us are doing different things. Like we're uh, very involved in the the constant narrative of diversity um, mm-hmm. and inclusion, but then also equity at the same time, because that's that's something that's being left out a lot. Mm. Um, I'm consulting a number of startups and um, sneaker brands and stuff like that. So, I think for a quick answer, Izzy Lugo is uh, a creative and entrepreneur and someone that's just looking to make a difference. Mm. I love it, bro.
3: Yeah. Yeah, man. 2020's tossed a lot of twists and turns in the journey, man. That's crazy how that all went down for you guys. And I feel like, you know, that's the moment that everyone's so afraid of, right? This idea of starting something and then it ends, you know, and I know that a lot of times in life when chapters end, you get very reflective. And so I I was going to wait a bit, but I kind of want to just, I know it's the top of your mind right now, just this idea of you think about the rise and the fall of urban misfit ventures. And I think people and fall made a little bit dramatic, but you know, the end, the ending, (laughs) the ending, uh, and you know, what do you feel like some big things that just stuck, stick out to you as far as lessons learned from that whole experience?
0: Oh gosh. I've been reflecting a ton. Um, there's so many, but number one, I think I've really sat back and realized the, the power of burning a bridge Um, and not saying that we burned a ton of bridges or anything like that, but um, especially in a small town like Milwaukee, it's a big town, but it's all, it also has like small town vibes.
2: Right. And
0: um, they call it small for a reason. Like everybody knows everybody. I can go to a coffee shop and everybody at some point has heard my name and I have probably heard their name. So Mm. it's, it's, it's really crazy. Um, So I think number one, especially since uh, you said the demographic on here, college and high school students, we tend to, and trust me, I I did it like I, I've walked out of jobs in college just to go party and stuff like that. And um, that same boss, those bosses that I walked out of are like business leaders here. So I had to like go and say, sorry, and like, I'm a different person and everything like that. And um, as college and and high school students, we, we tend to say, oh yeah, it's, it's whatever, like I'll find another job. I'll find another this, but it's while you be, you'll be able to find another job. It's the relationship that you're ending. It's mm. the, the connections that that individual has. So mm. number one, I think would be uh, bridge burning. Um, then the other lessons like our stupid lessons, like hire an accountant early. Uh, if you don't know numbers, hire a damn accountant because <laughs> like, I'm having headaches right now. Not that we did anything wrong, but like trying to clean up the books and make sure everything's good and like make sure taxes are paid and everything like that. And none of us were numbers guys. Mm. So um, hiring an accountant is so cheap. <laughs> Looking back at it, I'm like, why didn't I do it? It, it makes no sense. So hiring an accountant, um, just get your finances in order. And then like you mentioned before, uh, that that's what people are scared of the, the fall uh, in a sense but I I think the coolest thing that we have been able to do with our attitudes was I I conscious like I laugh about it now. I'm like damn that sucks but like literally it took a global pandemic to take us out. Like <laughs> that's dope. That's dope in my head. Like I'm like, I'm thinking like damn we were like we were told like two years ago that we weren't going to make it. And then two years later, we were the preferred content team of the DMC. And we're doing all this stuff. And like, we're about to have the biggest year yet. We're about to expand into different markets, like start working with big sneaker brands, like stuff like that. And then a pandemic hit, a global pandemic hit. And it's like, damn, I could bask in what could have been, or I could be like, damn, look at what we did and look at what had to happen for us to not make it. Right. And, uh, that's where we're at. Like, I think the fall is a, is a very scary thing for people just trying to jump into it and realize like, and really try to get going. But it's something that you mentioned before that you learn from it and there's lessons learned and you move on and whether you're going back into entrepreneurship or um consulting or jumping into a, a role with the company you're going to take those lessons and apply them elsewhere so right um and I'm doing it every day right now so <clears throat> excuse me um I think that that's the big those are the biggest lessons yeah. I've really learned is just I'm addicted to it now it's just like all right I was in sports before um I worked in worked for the bucks I worked for the brewers Um, was offered jobs really all over the nation ended up taking another job or taking Yeah. Taking another job full-time with the bucks. And I, I learned the grind early and often. Yeah. But then I I also learned that how fast you can be worn out. And Mm. that's something that if I do start something later on or anything like that, that's something I'm going to focus on because Mm. my mental health, at some point my girlfriend like sat me down. She's like, you're not in a good place. And, Mm. um, I didn't even realize it because I was like, Oh yeah, hustle, grind, hustle, grind. And it's like, right. Cool. But at some point you got to slow down and make sure you're taking care of yourself. So yeah, a couple lessons learned, no regrets. Yeah. I
2: (laughs) love,
3: I love the, I love just the energy you have about it you're like, and it's kind of dope that like we were we were killing it and you know what it took this global pandemic to take us out. And it's you're right, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I mean, we really can't sit here and soak about this because it's just like, I mean, it's the world, man. It's like, what are you gonna do? Like it wasn't right. like you guys like screwed anything up. It wasn't it was just like, man, this happened after the world's shutting down. And you know what, guys, like I, I think what's cool too is you acknowledge that. And I think this is what I always try to get people's heads because it's like, oh, I failed this so badly. It was just such a waste of time. It's like, no, like all the things you learned on that, all the skills, all the things on the inside, like that's still with you. Like the Izzy Lugo that knows all the stuff you know now, like that's still with you. And so this idea of doing big things and trying and experimenting and the company goes up and stays great if it changes like great but you're never losing what's inside of you like that's remaining and so i feel like you understand right. understand that and i can like feel that energy off of you which is like look i still got these skills and i still got me and so like this isn't like a failed operation this is just like a next step kind of thing
0: right exactly like dude like i think i had such a positive attitude because like I, I experienced things that I never thought I would experience. Like I said, like I literally a year into our business, I was across the table pitching Nike. Like that, that doesn't happen. <laughs>
4: right.
0: And like, especially as a sneakerhead, like that does not happen. And like that was a dream of mine. Even though we didn't get the contract, that was a dream of mine. And I, I represented us in Q and everybody represented us on stages and uh, national and and local and we. It was dope, like i I really don't think if I would have stayed in sports, I would have say I would have had the same career path. I wouldn't have the same trajectory. Mm. I'd be stuck in a role in a cubicle, yes working for a dope team or working for a dope industry. but mm. i in in the back of my head, I always said this, I always told myself I was going to be in the sports industry. I knew I knew my athletic abilities weren't going to take me anywhere, but I wanted to be in the sports industry. Mm. And when it came time to me to get like start working full time and everything, I realized, damn, I don't like what I'm doing. Like this sucks. Hmm. And when I was, when I said, I really want to get into the marketing side, they said, well, you're only good at sales. You're not going to get into marketing. And I said, huh? (laughs) Okay. And I'm definitely the dude that's spiteful and has a chip on the shoulder and I want to prove (laughs) you wrong. So, yeah. Hence the walking out of my job, quitting, and starting a company. And I proved them wrong. I'm in marketing now, and have been for almost three years now. And am look at looked at as a quote unquote thought leader in some senses. But it's, I think it's besides that. I think it's. I want to show people that when they work so hard to get something, like I did, I, I worked so hard. I did. Uh, over 25 internships in college to get into the sports industry right out of college. Wow. And I want to tell people when you realize that that industry is not good for you, it's not over because that's how I felt immediately. When I read, when I realized that the mm. sports industry was not going to be the right role for me, I'm like, what the hell did I work for this entire time?
4: Mm, right, and I
0: right. I immediately started basking in that instead of looking at wow like all these skills are transferable to any industry that I I want to take. Right. Um, yes, I have a sports management degree, but I it, it means so much more. Mm. So that's I think that's what I'm really I, I really want to start educating people on um, especially especially college students. Like some of the best thing, best speaking engagements I ever had was me going into a marketing class and just ripping off college students because. I was in the, I was in the same bucket. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. All I, all I, <laughs> the only reason why I did so many internships was I was such a bad student and I needed to show, like basically make myself stand out in a different way. Like my, mm. I didn't have the 4.0, I didn't have the cum, whatever. Degree, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing whatever. like that. And like, I didn't have that. Mm. And if you did great, but the, the kids that did have that are the ones that are still looking for that first job in sports because they focus so much on grades mm. and they didn't focus so they didn't focus any time on their in like getting an internship getting experience and mm-hmm. that's where I feel like college just really has to do a better job it's just showing kids like we're just and it's the whole education system as a whole like we're just so at from a young age get an a get a b get an A, get a B, get an A, get a B. But when you get that first C, like when I got that first C, I'll never forget. In fifth grade,
4: <laughs> I came
0: home to my dad, got a C on my math test. Still haven't been, C. haven't been good at in math that long. Um, got a C on my math test. I started crying. My dad's like, why are you crying? And I was like, I, I'm sorry. I didn't get like, everybody else got an A or B. He's like, you still passed. And like my dad's, definitely was not the one that was like oh yeah just skate on by he definitely wanted good grades and everything like that but right i think we need to take more of that mindset where you got to see you can do better but it's not the end of the world it's okay i i was definitely the kid that got a degree with c's i, I got a d minus in my stats class like <laughs> and, and and in college and still pass so That's what we need to do a better job on, I think. And that's why I'm so dedicated to like just going back and talking to college kids and going back and talking, talk at high schools all the time and everything like that.
3: Yeah, man. I I love the first part of that, obviously, which is like, it's okay. It's okay that you went to the sports industry and wanted to switch because I think, again, I think about, you know, a lot of my friends are a year out of school. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are still in school, and you think about that thing where it's like I worked four or five years for this industry. I don't like it, but like, shouldn't I just keep going in it? And I think that's the cool part that you were able to break out of, and like a very powerful, very powerful lesson. And the second part is, yeah, man, like the education system. Like me and you know now after being in the entrepreneurial world, that like diving into the the, the kind of the failures and the pains, and like that's actually what ends up teaching you more about life than anything. And this idea of like going through the education system and being very, we'll call it coddled. Like, you know, you, you got to get the A's and B's and a lot of systems are really setting people up for being able to get like mostly A's and B's. Like I know in my school, like it was becoming hard to get a bad grade. Like they were creating the system. So it was like, yeah. you're going you're to do well, you're going to pass. And then you add in all like the pleasure based things that can, basically stop kids from tapping into like their pain and like their failures. And then when you graduate college or whenever you choose to leave, you know, the education system and life hits you, you're like, Oh my gosh, why is life all of a sudden so hard? You're like, well, no, like you just were kind of like, you know, coddled coddled the whole way along. So I totally agree with you, man. It's like learning to accept those things sooner is I think really how you start like being able to tap into those things and accept them. I think is really when the growth journey actually begins.
0: Exactly. We, I mean, I've had this discussion with one of the, one of my mentors was my dean of students, and he was definitely the one. He was also a, a teacher. Um, he was the only class in sports management that was project based learning. So every every um, uh, every grade that we got was based off a project. And while he did, he was, he was required to do some tests and everything like that. It didn't have the same impact as these big projects. And we were doing stuff like creating marketing plans for the bucks and like all this dope stuff that like, of course, college kids are going to be like, especially in sports management are going to be all over. Right. Right. And we got tours of the arenas and and stuff like that. And thought it like started thinking about like, Hey, what can we put here? And like, like little things like that, just switching the system like that Mm. can change so much. And I know there's some industries that you can't do that in, which is fine but the industries that you can, why not? Right. Why, why are we stuck in a classroom every day? And with COVID hitting, like that, that's going to be the future. Yeah. So why wait at this point?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I, I love, I mean, for people who are still in school and educating themselves right now, like I think that's a big thing I've been thinking about. Like if I was in school right now, like I would totally focus on like project-based learning, real world, real world learning. Like I probably honestly wouldn't be going back to school if I was in school right now. I'd be right. like spending all my time, like making money and building projects. And like if, if COVID ends and, and the world returns to normal and, or we'll put quote unquote normal and you know, you want to go back to school, do it. But I feel like right now, like for a student to maximize their time, it's like learn some real, real world skills, like get out there and try some things, find a job that you can make, you know, online, you can, you know, make some cash and, and just start to like learn about the world right now. Cause it's presenting you an opportunity to, to dive into something new while, you know, your school is probably all online and you're at home. And, and so I feel like right. if I was a student, like that's what I would be doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the uh, uh, one of my biggest regrets in life when I was 16, my first job ever, I shouldn't say first, my first job ever was at Toys R Us seasonally. Um, and then I quit because it was terrible. My second job ever that I actually ended up uh, staying with throughout high school was at a plate against sports Mm. in my hometown and, um, worked there even through college. So almost worked there six years, um, extremely dope owner, like small business and everything like that. And this was when Facebook really started taking off Mm. and he had me run the Facebook profile. So I was doing a little like, Hey, we just got this in, uh, getting, it's it's actually one of the most, um, followed played against sports facebook accounts in the nation
2: huh. um
0: and like i was doing social media marketing did i know i was doing social media marketing no i thought i was just having fun on facebook inviting my friends to like this this business page right and was, and it gave me an excuse to log on to facebook and just hang out with people right um i would do like little giveaways i'd have my buddies come and like like model like just on their hands like baseball gloves stuff like that and i was right. doing like i was essentially an agency for this dude i was doing it for minimum wage in Illinois. <laughs> and I was just having fun with it. I was just, it was better than me just standing because most of the day, um, mm. most of the afternoon, it didn't get really busy until after five o'clock after people got off of work. Mm,
4: right. So
0: that was like most of my early afternoon. And that's one of my biggest regrets was I could have just leaned into that. And if I really would have thought about it, I probably would have been one of the first people to get into social media marketing. Mm. But I think we, as college students right now, just need to focus on, okay, what job am I working? How can I make m- more money off of this job? And I've always thought of that. Like I played against sports. I, I was like, okay, we need this, 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 and this. Um, and I set up a deal with, the The owner I said, "Bob, what it, it, we need skis. Um, we're running low on skis. If I find skis, can you pay me like twenty five percent more than anybody else? Yes, cool. So I put I would get in my uh, at a jeep, get in my jeep with my brother, and we would drive around garage sales and like estate sales,
4: hmm. and I would
0: find these little things that we needed. He would pay me twenty five percent more, so now I wasn't working for minimum wage. I was working for double minimum wage and my brother was actually getting a cut of it at the same time. Hmm. So I just think we need to, in a sense, I've been an entrepreneur just hustling for a long time, but I just think we need to work as college students need to like really look at the roles that they're in. It might seem like a dead end job, but how can you maximize it? Mm. and you can always maximize a a position whether it's leaning in on your 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 managers to get intros to other people anything like that it's it's really just taking advantage of the situation that you're in because i i know people that don't get put in those situations right and in a sense while you're working a dead-end job at target or played against sports or not that he was a dead-end job at all but you're working this job, you should realize that there's probably 10 million other people that would kill for that job. Hmm. So take advantage of the time, even though it might suck, even though you might have your headphones in the entire day, Hmm. take advantage of it for a week and see what happens. Right. Something's going to happen.
3: Yeah. It's almost like just start practicing those entrepreneurial skills, right? Like if you can start to learn how to add more value to a place, then when it comes to your own idea, if you already know how to add more value, then you know you're gonna be setting yourself up pretty good, man. Uh exactly. that's, that's awesome advice. Uh, I want to train there's an, a bit into this. I know we got two big topics I still want to get to. One of them yeah. being, you know, you know, on this journey, I think I think one of the things I struggled with a ton when I first started was I kind of had I kind of had the, these roles I was playing in my life, right? This I, I was the athlete. I was, I was in a fraternity at Madison all these friends and all my friends were a lot of them were going corporate, honestly, a lot of them were doing that thing. And I always kind of felt like I was different. I always kind of felt like I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I started my first project as a freshman. Like it was always in me. And my identity just felt a little bit different. And I, I struggled like owning that I struggled just really going the other way and being okay with that. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm interested in this, you know, I know your podcast, and even at urban, like it was all about misfits and being strange on purpose and yeah. kind of owning the fact that you do go against the grain or like, that's okay. And like own that. So my first question with that is just like, you know, how would you define being strange on purpose?
0: Uh I don't know. It's a, if you're like asking me the question, I would think I would respond with, I, I know I have a tenacity um, that's different than everyone else and uh, I don't like talking about it a lot but I 100% think that um, you put me up I will put myself up against anybody in the world um, and maybe not with athletics or anything like that but it, when it comes down to me sitting down and doing the work that I need to do whether it's with Urban whether it's with cash drop anything like that I I have this thing in the back of my head that i need to win just massive competitiveness and that probably comes from athletics right but this i think the strange on purpose question is something that's different for everyone right and i I think it rolls into being a misfit at the end of the day where we own the crap out of it um there's going to be haters there's going to be people that say what the hell are you doing like you guys are just and we got told plenty of times, you're just a whole bunch of 20 somethings running around being told or trying to play CEO. And um, I said, okay, cool. And this is where that spitefulness and that trip on my shoulder comes mm. into play because I'm like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm. And the same people that told us that two years later wanted us to represent their product as their agency. Mm. So. I think just being strange on purpose is something that is different with everybody. Being a misfit is different. It's it's different. But at the end of the day, I think we, we really wanted to stand for, we didn't want to stand for the 1%. We wanted to stand for the 99% of people. And um, while the, the company isn't a thing anymore. And while we're dealing, dealing with the stuff that comes with closing down, I think that's, like that journey the last two years have been defining moments in each of our lives because we've Mm. we've changed a ton of lives we've 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 launched people's personal brands we've we've launched people's products we've we've done these amazing things that we were told that we couldn't beforehand we were told we could we couldn't for the first year that we started and it the conversation quickly switch from you can't to you can and mm. uh, I need you so I think being strange on purpose is different to to everybody to me like I said it's my tenacity It's my I, I'll, I'll work my my ass off to beat you um, mm. but it's different for everyone if you listen to the podcast like we um, don't know if there's going to be any more episodes coming out or anything like that so working on those kinks but um it's cool because the strange on purpose question is just some it throws everybody off and then they actually have to sit back and think about it They're like damn i know i'm strange in some way like what is it hmm. and everybody like for as many i think we have uh, thousands of downloads um and like i think we're in thousands of episodes at this point if not hundreds still but like i'm looking at it and reading and for as many times I've been the host or the co-host at the very least, I've never gotten the same answer.
4: Hmm.
0: And that's what's beautiful because hmm. we we sat back and said, okay, we want to be misfits. We want to show off that everybody can be different and still be uh, a functioning member of society,
2: hmm. right?
0: Instead of just following the same path every time. Um, right. And I think we 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 accomplished that and Mm. that's that's the beauty behind it
3: that feels good yeah and that is a great point like everybody's weird man (laughs) everybody exactly everybody's strange and like one of the things that i've thought about i have actually a buddy who works in accounting he works for uh, pwc and he said the funny thing is is we all we all conform to this you know standard of how we're supposed to operate but as an individual like nobody is that standard right so like when you think about like when you go into these big groups and how you want to act, like when you find people conforming, they're conforming to a standard that actually isn't any individual. It's kind of like this made up, you know, like 10th person of like, here's this kind of image. We're all just kind of playing because we want to fit in. But in reality, yeah. nobody really feels like they're fitting in because in my opinion, you're not bringing your strange to the table, right? You're not saying exactly. this is who I am. This is who I want to be. And like, you know, that's, that's what I, I think struggled with a bit and, and it feels good now to be, to be doing that. Um, I guess my, my final follow up question is like, you know, how do you kind of build that if you only takes on like how to build that confidence and step out into the world, with a little bit of vulnerability saying, I know that, I know that people, some people aren't going to, you know, like me for stepping out of this and maybe it's yeah. close friends or family, you know, cause for me it was more that it wasn't necessarily the stranger oh, yeah. on the internet. It was more like friends family is this going to ruin relationships is this you know just that was the stuff that was really weighing on me and so i'm just curious if you have any take on that
0: yeah um some of my biggest trolls dude on linkedin when i first started creating on that platform and just uh, deciding to launch the business were um some the biggest trolls were my old coworkers at the books mm-hmm. and whether they're listening or not they know who they are And it was it got so bad that even my my old managers were trolling me. Wow! And I I'm looking at their comments and looking at what they're saying, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, you're showing how unprofessional you guys are. Mm. You're showing how much how uncomfortable you are with me trying to do my own thing.
4: Mm.
0: And that's I had family members as well. I had I family members sit me down and say, you don't want to do this. Um you need to just kind of figure out your way in life, make sure you have health insurance, blah, blah, blah. And the one who got me through it, honestly, like one hundred percent. I joked all the time she needed uh she needed uh equity and UMV, but like my girlfriend, like one hundred percent. She's like, You hated your jobs. Why would you go and do all that stuff? Why would you go back to that? And um, I think I just needed that that little push. So I think just mm. and my circle has been tight ever since very small and tight and uh, includes family members, friends, mm. but it doesn't probably count in my hand, one hand, like what my, who my circle is. And mm. that's all that matters because when I decided to, when I was trying to make that circle wider, um, and please everybody, that's where my values and that's where my, uh, my inspiration and uh, work ethic, that's where it was going. It wasn't going towards me working towards my goals. It was going towards me Mm. actually making sure that everybody was happy and proud of me.
2: Yeah. And
0: at the end of the day, I have a pretty close family that, I mean, like everybody fights and everything like that. But at some point I had to make the conscious decision of, do I continue to please these people or do I continue or do I, go left when everyone's going right because it pleases me um Mm. makes me happy and overall it overall might be something that could be inspirational for the next generation of cousins of friends and everything like that so right that's i think if i can give anybody that's listening if i can give any unwarranted advice to would be (laughs) um, when. I I said it earlier, when everyone goes right, you go left. But uh, CEO of Castro, Ruben, um, he says this all the time. He says, uh, be who who you needed when you were younger. And Mm. I had I spoiled as hell. I have two great parents, not saying that they weren't there for me or anything like that, but I just want to be that that inspirational person to the next generation that pushes them the way that they want to go, not the way that they think society wants them to. Right. Be. Right. So, um, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I love it, man. I love it. I, I, I totally feel you on like the whole putting your energy into being accepted. Like when you, cause I, that's my, I, that's my huge thing too, man. I mean, again, I, I always had a ton of friends. I always wanted to be accepted, wanted to be liked and and as I was going on my journey, I realized that that was holding me back a ton because I was valuing people's opinions who didn't necessarily matter that much. Like I have my close friends, I have my close family. And over time, like, obviously, like when I started to explain to them what I wanted to do, they were, they started being supportive. Like, oh, okay, man, like, you know, we, we understand, we got you. But then it's the extended, extended, extended network where it's like, dude, you being afraid to post something on, you know, LinkedIn because of what you're co-worker four years ago says is is holding you back man like it's holding you back right. and and that exactly. manifests in a lot of other ways and so it's something that i for sure haven't perfected i think but i'm more aware of it i'm saying okay i know i'm afraid of this because i'm afraid of what judgment but i've already thought about this i know there's an irrational fear like we're gonna do it anyways and so it's still there yep. it's not solved but it's just i choose to act anyways despite it so i totally i totally feel that that pain and the value of then just focusing on you, right? Just taking all that energy that you're putting out into the world and just directing it back to yourself and saying, okay, how can I just keep being better, keep making my own strange better. Right. So I, I love everything about it, man. Um, man, let's segue. I know we only got about 10 minutes left here. And I really want to talk about this whole inclusion and diversity. And you mentioned yeah. the word equity uh, part two. You know, I, I just think that, you know, these topics again, as the world is becoming more authentic as more races and cultures are coming into um you know just to everyday life this idea of how do we how do we really do this and this is obviously a huge topic right going on in the world in minnesota especially in milwaukee especially right i mean oh, these yeah. are like you know this is this is really on a lot of our minds and i've had a lot of awesome conversations to try to learn more but you know what i'm kind of interested in like on a couple levels here like i thought about this when i wanted to talk about this because it was like okay I'm, there's like, you know, kind of on an individual level, making your life more diverse and your relationships. Now there's a company it's kind of a company level and then there's kinda of like the global level, right? But kinda of like this is oh, yeah. on like kind of the individual level. Like if you're thinking about, okay, how do I bring more, you know, just diverse perspective, experiences, races, um, and you know, just people into my life, like how have you been thinking about it just on an individual level?
0: Individual level, dude? Like I Little backstory. I grew up in Chicago. Um, parents moved us out to the suburbs. Uh, they didn't want us going to school where they went to school. Uh, pretty rough area. So I grew up in the Northwest suburb, or spent some time in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, for lack of better terms, predominantly white. Um, I Probably caught kind of my hands uh, between me and a few hispanics and and black guys and girls. Um, and we it was weird moving to Milwaukee, to be honest. Like I had been surrounded by that so long that I felt weird like, oh, this is this is like I have a bunch of people that look like me as my friends, and that wasn't a thing for the longest time. Mm. so as an on the individual level, I think since we started the company, we were we were in downtown Milwaukee, um, at least the offices, and we were definitely an oddball um to the point where our landlord hit us with, "I'm surprised you guys have lasted this long." Hmm. and I wanted like not even to try to spin stuff on her, but like, did she ask any of the other startups in the the building the same same thing? Um, so not blatant honestly nobody else in that building looks like us so we decided i i decide every day to i want to try to meet a new person a day it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter what religion you are anything like that um it's it's simple and maybe this segues into the business side as well but it's as simple as just leading with intentionality like Mm
4: -hmm. on
0: a personal level and on a business level it's Yo, you want to surround yourself with dope people. Surround yourself with dope people. But you want to surround yourself with a diverse mix of friends and everything. Like it's crazy. My uh looking at my circle, my circle is black, brown, white, all over the all over the board. Mm. And that's what's cool because when I sit down and ask for feedback, I get honest constructive feedback that Mm. is different from everyone because we're we're not we don't all come from the same area Mm, he was from minnesota um my other good buddy is from the south side of chicago rough area chicago Uh, other buddies in san diego from san diego like we all have different backgrounds right right and if i'm approaching a situation and i ask them for some advice or anything like that i know for a fact these three people will give me constructive feedback that aren't going to be the same thing. It might have the same outcome,
2: mm. but
0: it's not going to be the same feedback. Yeah. And that's the beauty behind it. And that's what I want going into any situation. That's what I want to surround myself with is
4: mm. I don't
0: want a whole bunch of people telling me, yes, I, I, I hate that. I hated that when we were sitting in an office or in our office, trying to do a, um, trying to do storyboards for clients and that like we rolled with the first like my first thought. I'm like, no, it's like, I hate that. Let's it, ch- Someone challenge me, give me a different storyboard.
2: Mm, right.
0: And I think leading as an individual, leading with intentionality, leading with creating that diverse mix of voices mm. will challenge you to think outside the box at the end of the day. So, um, obviously segues a little bit into business as well, but right, I think right. that's what I, I, I really try to do.
2: Yeah.
3: It's interesting, right? Cause I mean, obviously there's the perspective of like, well, you want to do this so you don't come into the world with racist mm-hmm. beliefs and racist thoughts and just present yourself in as a way that's, you know, not the kind of person that we want anybody to be in this world. But then, you know, you look at your own life, like you just mentioned a lot of things. It's like, look, personally, you will benefit by hearing from different pers- perspectives. Personally, like when your ideas are bullshit, like people can call you on it because you're not surrounded by all people who have the same ideas and thoughts and beliefs. So beyond just being a good citizen and a good human being, there is personal benefits by saying, yeah, I'm surrounding myself with different perspectives and different beliefs and different types of people. And that's going to help me and make me a better person as well as going to make the world a better place. So it's kind of like this duality that I haven't really thought much about, but I'm looking back at my experiences like that makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, really dude, like from the business side, like we, the reason why, um, and we didn't really chat about it, but the reason why I decided to jump on with cash drop Mm. was we were leading with, Ruben's leading with intentionality and leading with, for lack of better terms, like tech has been dominated by white guys, Right. it's fine, (laughs) but can we get a small piece of the pie? Mm. And, um, I'm looking at actually as uh, head of collaborations, I'm really collaborating with everyone. Want to make sure it's a diverse mix of collaborations, but it's been interesting to hear stories of people in tech. Like one of the guys that we're uh, collaborating with his name's Michael Garrett, Garrick, um, out in the Bay has a really, really dope product called fitness, but, and um super dope and uh he was formerly of tesla and i'm looking at like his background who was there and everything like that and he was definitely an oddball yeah and i'm looking at other industries uh, other tech companies and we're oddballs and that that shouldn't be the case like it should be just we want like everybody just walks in into a place and we feel just welcome and i'm not saying he didn't feel welcome i'm not saying that these people don't feel welcome but if i walk into i i tell uh aaron my girlfriend all the time if i walk into an uh even a bar and i see a whole bunch of old white guys at the bar that just stare at me as soon as i walk in i feel, immediately feel tension right in my body and that's nothing like these guys couldn't be racist they could not be racist nothing like that but that's just immediately that's the thought that comes into my head Mm. because that's the experience that I've had. And I don't, I think we as society need to realize that we all have different experiences. Mm. We all have different ways of thinking of things, but instead of attacking one another, I think we just need to sit down and have a conversation. So, uh, obviously jumped on with Castro jumped on with Ruben, um, Latin led tech startup. You can, essentially a a platform that you can you can start an online storefront in 15 minutes no fees no commissions, and products cool and everything like that but that's not what sold me what sold me was literally we're leading with intentionality we're leading with helping small businesses Mm. helping small businesses of color of non-colored small businesses in general right because what's really cool is that we're a latin led tech startup uh, backed by massive VC firms and everything like that. But tech tends to stay away from small businesses. Mm. Tech doesn't see, oh, they move too slow. Oh, they, they name countless excuses. Right. But if you lead, like keep running into the damn word, but if you lead with intentionality and tell these small businesses that we're here for you, we're here to save you money, and we're here to represent you and not be that, like, I mean, at the end of the day, every small business Like we had a conversation last week with a small business and the dude's like, okay, I sign on. And then how much money you guys are going to take out of my bank account? I'm like what? And that's, that's the relationship that small businesses have with tech because everybody's trying to nickel and dime small businesses when they're the lifeblood of the economy. Hmm. If we nickel and dime and slowly cut that out, and there's a Wendy's, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A on every corner of every street. Nothing's going to work. Right. Right. So that's why I jumped on and that's where that's where we should be. Just mm. leading with intentionality and and leading with the fact that we're we're here for everyone. No matter the color, we're mm. here for everyone. Mm. And that's where we're
3: Yeah, dude. Dude, I'm I'm pumped to see where this future takes you, man. I love that. Obviously, there's just two very deep rooted purposes there, right? The small business aspect of it and then the, you know, just the diverse um, intention that the company is going forward with. So, bro, I'm pumped to see, you know, where this takes you in your journey, man. It's going to be fun to see, you know, again, just what happens. And and yeah, man, like you said, life's a trip. It's a roller coaster. It's taking you all over the place. And now here you are and you're still excited. You're still passionate. You're still doing your stuff. Oh, yeah. And so it's good to see for my shoes, someone who's just been in the journey and the value of just committing to the journey, because here you are somewhere you probably never thought you would end up right here at this point in time, but you're still going forward saying we got big, we got big goals to chase after. And so I love everything about that, man. Do you got time for a final question? Or you got to bounce right here at nine.
0: No, you're good, man. I, to be completely honest, I am just, I'm good now. I, uh, I had to enter this raffle for these shoes. They're, my favorite shoes my bad uh yeah we're good we're we're gucci i don't have anything till time okay
3: cool we can we can wrap up beautiful brother beautiful beautiful um cool man well i want to touch if we got a couple more minutes i want to touch on one final topic because i know we we first kind of connected you know in in the social media world a bit and you know obviously everybody uh, especially gen z wants to be some sort of influencer youtuber you know tiktoker linkedin And this idea of building a personal brand. Um, And so I kind of have two main questions around that. You know, one is just sort of just what you feel like some of the initial keys are to sort of just building the foundation for that brand and building it well. And the second part, I kind of want to dive into just the staying, you know, mentally happy and strong while you're spending a lot of time on these social media platforms. So I feel like let's start with the first one. Just, you know, what do you feel like, you know, for a lot of people out there who are trying to start a personal brand and grow their ideas like you did right around diversity, inclusion, entrepreneurship, you know, what are just some initial keys you feel like that you've seen people succeed with by using, you know, these sort of strategies or or ideas?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say number one is consistency. Like you always got to show up, right? Uh, it's, it's tough, like especially honing in on LinkedIn here, but it's extreme. I don't even do it every day at this point uh, through COVID, but, when I first got started, I was posting every day. I was constantly engaging with people. I was constantly doing all this stuff. And this relates back to the mental health thing. So I'll touch briefly on that. But there comes a point in time where you need to focus on yourself. Um, And I felt like whenever I got home from work, I was still working and there there was no downtime, which is fine, you're an entrepreneur, everything like that. But there came a point in time that I needed downtime, like literally, throw this into a, under a pillow and leave it alone <laughs> for a couple hours type of downtime. Right. And I um so yeah, I I would strongly suggest to just make sure that you're using your time wisely I guess in a sense. Um so yeah, consistently consistency would be number 1. I think uh to develop a niche is very hard to when you first start, but if you can, that'd be great. Um mm. because then you, you're you're catering to the audience you want to cater to immediately
4: hmm.
0: and um for me like obviously diversity inclusion equity um and then a little bit of entrepreneurship i didn't want to be known for entrepreneurship because this is my first company right and right unless i blew, like we blew up like yeah cool but like i didn't want to be known as this thought leader in entrepreneurship and he's like look at me and i'm like yeah, hey, he's only been doing this for two years what the hell um,
2: right right so
0: i think the biggest thing is uh, in developing a niche is just know what you're talking about don't don't be some dude that's or don't be a person that's just out there just talking talking to talk but not walking the walk or just right yeah hey, I saw right. this in a book today I'm, I'm gonna say this uh because and not be knowledgeable about it mm. um i think personal branding's tough man like it's for me on every platform it's different which uh, like definitely not the best for me but that's who I am. Um, mm. Like I, I don't. I have posted stuff about shoes on LinkedIn. Not crazy about it. Um, but if you go to my Instagram, mm-hmm. nothing but shoes. If you go to my <laughs> TikTok, nothing but shoes. Um, and there's almost nothing about diversity, inclusion, or equity because I know my audience on LinkedIn. I know I should be talking about that. Right. So I think the third, third one would just be know your audience, and that goes back to, to developing that niche. Is right just know it and and ride with it and make sure you're making them happy and engaging with them and everything like that so um the mental health part uh, to get into that like like i said earlier it's 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 definitely tough um especially on these platforms where you got trolls as i mentioned before uh you have people that are going to tell you like you can't do that and everything like that but i think it relates back to keeping that circle tight
4: hmm. finding
0: those people that you can lean in on to vent to or anything like that or to trust them to throw this under a pillow for you and take you for a walk um (laughs) because at the end of the day if if you're glued to this thing and constantly being affected by comments and everything like that you're not you're not gonna make it right and um you gotta have tough skin it sucks but yeah yeah uh, the um we just had a a series, uh, our final th- series of Strange on purpose was women in sneakers, and every woman that we interviewed said the same thing about the sneaker industry: you need to have thick skin, and that's that's everywhere. Mm. And the sneaker industry for them, like 100%, they need to have thick skin. It's it's male dominated, blah blah blah, but it relates to everything you need to have, especially personal branding. Like you mm-hmm. you ha- have to have thick skin because people are going to tell you like, what the hell are you doing? Um, what is a brand? Like everything like that. And right. just keep moving. Like, they're going to, they're going to get tired of commenting on your stuff or you're going to get tired of seeing their stuff and you can <laughs> unconnect with them or unfollow block them, whatever you need to do. Right. But just keep doing you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Keep doing you.
3: Yeah. I feel like something that I learned, And again, it goes back to your word of intention, but I feel like if I know my intention, like why I'm showing up, right? Cause for me Mm -hmm. at first it's like, all right, you see these people who have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers. You're like, okay, this isn't me, but I still want to, you know, start creating. I still want to start doing. And a big thing that helped me like mentally on my journey, I feel like was just leading with the intention of like, okay, my goal every day is to create a piece of content. That's going to truly help someone. And so if that's what I'm going in with, it doesn't matter what else happens. It doesn't matter if someone hates it. it. doesn't matter if it gets two likes. It doesn't matter if anything, cause I'm going to my intention. Like that's all I can control. And like the next day I'm going to learn from whatever happened the day before. And I'm just going to keep doing that. And like, that's been a big shift for me in my own journey. Cause I say, all right, like if I truly believe that this was created out of a place of helping, then cool. Then I can feel good about that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like we, it it was tough getting started and and seeing. I mean, I being so competitive, I'm when I first got on LinkedIn, I'm like, I want, I should be at Q's numbers. I should be at Q's numbers. I should be at Q's numbers. It was. It took me months to realize I can't be at Q's numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't have a niche. I don't have the things that he has. He has his massive audience. I don't. And I just had to stay in my own lane and comparison is something that i didn't bring up that i want to bring up like it kills it, it it's honestly like i have family members that deal with it or that honestly worry me um that deal with this all the time and it's just if you continuously compare yourself to people that you surround yourself with or anything like that you're not gonna you're not gonna progress in life nothing's gonna move hmm. and uh, i think the the quote is comparison is a thief of joy yeah and like oh, you could true. be having the best day ever, and like it happened with me a few times when I first got started, where Q posted or I posted something, I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Like this is gonna go viral, and then Q posts and his goes viral, mine doesn't. I'm just like staring at his it. so post, like, "What did I do wrong?" Like stuff like that. Right. And one, you don't you don't get to choose virality, and then two. Like the comparison thing just sucks and it just sucks energy out of you, sucks mm. energy out of other people. And mm. if you can get over that and realize that you just need to stay in your lane, there's no stopping you. Mm. But realizing that takes time yeah. and people don't realize that as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, those are the few things, man. It's, <laughs> it's tough.
2: Yeah, bro. I,
3: this has been like a massive, 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 like thing for me. And actually, do you know, who Andrew Metz is Milwaukee guy. Yeah. He's Dylan's Dylan's friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I talked to him and he completely, I don't know. So, you know, sometimes in life you talk to people and they just hit you with something and it just, it just sticks. It just sticks really hard. Yeah. He, and I've heard this message before, but just telling me like, dude, like the world doesn't owe you anything. Like, it's all about just like, how can you give more and how can you, you know, owe the world. And like, the more you focus on that and just put all your energy into that, eventually the world's going to start giving you things. But like, if you're just focused on like the likes and the, this and the, this and all the external stuff, like you're not going to get anywhere. And for whatever reason, and that day and that point in time, like it just hit me so hard. And since then, like my comparison, like issues and problems have, I've really gone away a lot. And cause I'm just like, man, like cool. Like if they're getting, they must be given a lot. They must be doing something yep. cool. Like I'm going to just hype them up. I'm going to be their fangirl. I'm just going to be like, or, you know, I'm just going to be there for them because like, they're doing cool things and at the end of the day. Like they're progressing their mission and like, sweet, like awesome. Yep. Like let's cheer them on, man. Let's be super fans. Like let's, let's go. Like, that's my guy doing big things. And then for me, all right. How do I, how do I give more objectively look at myself and say, how can I be better? And just, just like you're an athlete, man. Right? Like you don't show up to practice expecting, you know, to be perfect on day one, you you got to put in the work. And like, I feel like that's the same thing now in the entrepreneurial journey. It's like, you just got to put in the work. You got to know that like coach is going to yell at you for missing some free throws. And like, that's just, yep. that's just how it works. Right. So I love it, man. Exactly. I think getting rid of that comparison is, it's so freeing, man. It's so, yeah, it's a huge part of the journey for sure.
0: Exactly, dude. We you get over that, like it's it's tough, but once you get over that, you're you're Gucci. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. You're Gucci. Like you're, <laughs> if you don't have to realize, you don't have to worry about other people. You don't have to worry about the comparison side. You you're chilling.
2: Yeah, bro. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, I got a, I got a final question on on the topic of staying in your own lane and doing your own thing. So, you know, when I started this and I thought about, right, like studying what the dream life is and and how do we make that happen? And what does that look like? You know, this idea of the American dream kept popping into my head because the American dream for a lot of kids. And for me, I said, Oh yeah, that's the American dream is like this old school. Like, you know, you go to college, you get your nine to five, you get married, like the traditional route, right? That's what the American dream for me kind of stood for. But I was interested. I was like, well, what is what is it actually like? What was it supposed to be? What was the original definition of it? And so I looked it up and it actually, it actually kind of hit me a little bit hard. So I like to close with this. So I'm going to read it to you. And then I got a kind of a final question for you, brother. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success. And so the part that really stuck out to me when I read that Mm -hmm. was, can attain their own version of success, which means that the American dream is really not a societal concept. It's a concept made for each individual person and you can make it your own. And so my final yeah. question is, if I asked you, Izzy Lugo, what is your version of success at this point in your life? What do you feel like you
2: would say?
0: Hmm. Good question. Good way to frame it too. I like that. Um, I think, right, I wouldn't even say just right now. I would say just hopefully this doesn't change over time, but I, I really think that my version of success goes back to the leading with intentionality, being able to impact generations of entrepreneurs um, to show them that, hey, this is, this is a thing that you can do, no matter your color, no matter your your money situation, nothing. You have a phone, you can get started. And um, that's what my own version of success is. It's not the, honestly, like I always argued the point of everybody, like when you think of the American dream, a lot of people say that, oh, the house in the suburbs, the dog, the, the white picket fence. I don't see that. That's like not my dream. And I, I truly think that if I'm impacting other people on an everyday basis, really helping other people on an everyday basis and inspiring people on an everyday basis, that's success. Money comes, money goes, but like, Mm. if I'm helping people, that's, that's way, way more valuable than, than any, any money that I might get make over time.
3: Yeah. That's the dream, bro that's the dream i love it man well hey man, dude, I really, man i appreciate you man this was awesome to be able to formally sit down chop it up talk life and you know i'm just grateful for these opportunities to to talk with cool people about cool things man so this means a lot to i appreciate me. you man and uh yeah man, thank I, you i can't wait to see where your journey takes you bro
0: <laughs> yeah i appreciate you dude we'll uh we'll definitely stay in contact
1: Well, there it is, dreamers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, write down your one big takeaway so you can put that in your back pocket and take it with you on your journey. For me, as corny and simple as it is, my big takeaway is to be strange on purpose. Embrace the strange in you because that is what makes you, you. I love you all. Go out there, make those dreams a reality. I'll see you next time. I promise I will keep the stories coming. I will not leave you hanging for two weeks again. All right, peace, y'all.